Hey everybody, welcome to We've Got the Beat, the podcast devoted to teen entertainment of the 80s and beyond. I... Yeah, back kids! You're getting better. Good job. <laughs> uh, if you don't listen to the show on a regular basis, I, I have patterns where I screw the show up horribly. <laughs> well, I, I only I only listen to it if I'm going to be talking. So. Yeah, well, there's whenever I talk about the horror movie segment um, on my other show, Hit Rewind, um... Well, there's a different intro every single week, and I'm doing it on purpose now just to torture uh, people. <laughs> well, that sounds kind of fun. Um, so this episode, we're kind of diverting away from movies for a little bit. Uh, we're going to be discussing a short-lived TV show from 20-something years ago called Gross Point. And frankly, I think it's a very under-watched show, obviously, because it only lasted one season, but it's almost been completely forgotten. Whole series is available on YouTube. If you like it, I got mine for just a few bucks on eBay. It was a really nice condition. Um, it is a satire of not just the WB shows that were popular at the time, uh, like Dawson's Creek. It is also kind of going back a little bit to uh, Melrose Place and 90210 because Darren Starr, the guy who created this show, is kind of spoofing all the torturous shit that he went through on those shows. Yeah, it's definitely blending the, like, more mature drama of those shows with the very typical teen drama from, like, the, yeah. The, well, and they also talk a lot about their competitors at the time, too. Uh, within the show, they reference, you know, Buffy and Dawson's Creek and stuff like that. So it's definitely blending some things to make a whack-ass show that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, here's the things that they pick up is from Dawson's Creek, and that's the biggest one they're spoofing, is the damn fog filter, or whatever you want to put it, that gel that they put over the cameras to make it look yeah. softer, and mm -hmm. the incoherent fucking gibberish dialogue of Dawson's Creek. What were we thinking about loving Kevin Williamson's nonsense back then? No one talks like that. I don't know. Nobody talks I like guess that. I guess just because nobody had done anything like it, it was so, like, surprising. I don't know. Yeah, fresh, I guess. But now when you hear it come out of some of the characters' mouth, you're like, oh, no, I yeah, this is this is embarrassing. <laughs> but it, a lot of it really taps into the drama, especially because this is a behind-the-scenes show of how to put together one of these and the way the network screws with you, the the writer is insecure, he steals ideas, uh, there's cat fighting behind everybody. There's my favorite character of all of this, I'm gonna go through the whole cast real quickly, is uh, the guy who's too old to be on the show by a long shot. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know why he amuses me so much, uh, but he is very much a Jason Priestley, Keir Smith, you know, the guys that were like a decade older than everybody else in the show and just trying as hard as they possibly can to seem young. Okay, keep going. Yeah, I don't. You know, he was one of the. He's one of the few people like I've seen him before, but really, out of most of these people, really did a not not nearly as much. Like a lot of these people went on to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, well, he was a Canadian actor, and he his name is Cole Suddeth, and I knew him from Bowfinger. Of course, that's probably where you knew him as well. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he is go. in all those Jesse Stone movies that um, Tom Selleck's in. He's like his part, his deputy. Oh well, I've never seen a single one. I've I'm seen not a few opposed of them. to it, but yeah, yeah, that's okay. Well, good for him because there's eighteen thousand of those. Yeah, <laughs> at some point he's got to stop. Tom Selleck's like seventy-five. I don't know why those keep going. <laughs> you know what? 
Tom Selleck is still a heartthrob to some ladies. Some ladies. Uh, 17 episodes, like I said, it's on the WB. Back when that was a thing. Do you remember the war between UPN and WB? Like, just trying to get stations to pick them up. And they kind of had their uh, the same identity for so long. And then there was that breaking point where uh, once Dawson's Creek hit... That's what the, the WB was. It was teen-oriented hits, and then the UPN mm-hmm. became all the sci-fi stuff. Now, mind you, Roswell and Buffy did eventually go over there, but that's more of the that that type of genre. But mm-hmm. that's that was CW's or sorry WB's identity for so long was teen dramas, and guess what? <laughs> it still is today as a CW. <laughs> Yeah, it has a little more variety because now it has all the, like, superhero series and stuff, but, um, and they still have certain levels, like, you know, the, the Buffy, Buffy version and then, like, the Angel counterpart, you know, where there's, like, some of them are a little softer and they have, then they're, like, big brother that's, like, kind of intense. Yeah. Well, isn't so there they, also like all the spinoffs because we have the originals, which is I think is, isn't that a spinoff of? Um, yeah, there's 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 spinoffs and but but then there's also remakes, like reboots. There's very little that's like original on the CW at this moment in time. That's yeah. for sure. But back then, this is this is what really was the identity of the WB, and then Darren Star hot off the success of. Uh, Sex and the City gets greenlit for this show, and I, I get why it's on the WB, but I think it might have been more successful if it yeah. had been over on a cable station where it had more time to breathe, and the, the satire could have even been sharper. Yeah, I think that it's confusing a little bit because it's a show within a show, and the, the show inside is is supposed to be about a teen teen dramedy kind of thing but the actual show is is a lot more about i mean it, it, about the actors but about everyone involved in the process the writers the directors you know and they're older and there's a lot more uh a lot of different drama that may be more actually appealing to adults yeah and I feel like this could have paired very well with Action from the year before. Two shows yes. that... Because Action yes. was supposed to be on HBO, but Fox uh, um, offered more money. So they went over yeah. there, and of course that ended up killing the show. Um, but I think these two could have been paired so well, like on a Sunday night yes, on HBO. They, they do seem very similar in vibe, yes. Yeah. Um, but this, this, I think, is razor sharp in its wit and just really taking down the whole mini genre that was, you know, teen exploitation at that time. Uh, it really doesn't go after the movies like the way that not another teen movie would. This is really focused on the TV shows. Right, yes. But there is that one moment where uh, uh, Brad Johnson gets that really crappy talking dog. <laughs> Ted Danson's a talking yes. dog. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly how it is. These movies that yes. nobody wants to star in, they'll just go to the WB and offer it to them. Yeah, and then there was the other one that was like Hunter when she was like auditioning fiercely for the role in a, uh, a movie about, um, uh, oh gosh. Um, help me here. I can't remember. Uh, the whole Clinton thing. Oh, oh, uh, 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 
Why did her name just disappear from my brain? I was like, just thinking about it the other day. Uh, Melly, uh, uh, I was it Melly Lewinsky? <laughs> That's who would play her in the movie. Okay, Mon- Monica Lewinsky. Thank you, thank you. My God. Okay, so there's that whole thing, and it's super weird because she takes it really seriously, and then she starts like gaining weight so she can be curvier, just so she can be more like I don't know, visually uh, appropriate for the audition. And uh, before she she doesn't even get the part; she just gets an audition. But then it goes to her head, and suddenly like a teen teen sitcom that she's the star of is like beneath her and it's just like how all the stuff goes to your head so quickly yeah it's uh so let's go through the cast real quick um irene malloy is i don't they said she they keep saying that she's the main character but i've always thought it was marcy was the main character but uh, i think it's a matter of perspective yeah um, so Irene Malloy, the only thing she did besides this was uh, the uh, unbelievably good Andy Richter Controls the Universe, which I just got done watching. Uh, she is actually a, a musician who just briefly acted, so I, I don't think she's ever come back. Oh, it does say that she, yeah, I see in her, when she was a senior in high school, oh, she had a run on Broadway and stuff. I'm seeing that now. Yeah, Before she... these shows. Yeah, and she's the Shannon Doherty character, all venomous. There's there's brief moments where I think where she shows some humanity, but she's so weak of of, of, of soul. I guess <laughs> she's constantly uh, just doing her, like the worst thing she could do. But I do enjoy the episode where her mother came on, and you see yeah. where it all came from. Yeah, you see, you do see that she is a uh, a little bit more complex. But yeah, she's so. Um jealous and petty and defensive very defensive she's got yeah. this wall protecting her i think that's why she acts out the way she acts yeah um the other and she's a uh, parody like you know like i said shannon doherty uh who apparently was notoriously awful on charmed at the time so that must have been so weird. i mean i hear <laughs> that that's that's what you hear yeah uh, William Ragsdale is the writer. He's supposed to be the parody of Darren Star. Of course, William Ragsdale, uh, I think most people know him from Fright Night. Uh, I'm always surprised that that was a huge hit and it didn't really do anything for his career. It took him years to really break out. I think it was with, uh, well, Mannequin 2 wasn't a hit like in theaters, but I think it's like one of those that was on TV all the time and then Herman's Head for four or five years. So, I mean, he started to establish himself around that time as a character actor, but I thought this was a really, really good role for him that kind of separated uh, his previous work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's sort of like a smartass, but he's he's smart, and but also challenged by, like, what the network lets him do. He's always conflicted. Always yeah. conflicted. Well, he's always got to be on his toes, too. Every idea that he has, you know, the studio comes in and mucks it up, either, you know, right before it's about to happen or it's already happened. It's like, oh, well, you killed this character off. Now you got to bring him back. It's like, I, what? <laughs> yes. Um, it's very, yeah, and it's interesting to see that, yeah, we knew him from when he was, like, a teenager, and I didn't realize that he had still been acting, like, a pretty good amount and to the point where he's, you know, still doing a bunch of stuff now. I think uh, that he was on, what's that show? Not Longmire, but the other one that was on FX. With... Justif- Justified is the, the longest run uh, that he had later that, you know, in more recent years, which I did 
uh, I've watched several seasons of that recently. I just started actually watching it for the first time. It's very good. Oh. But, uh, yeah, tons of stuff I'm seeing that he's – but more like, you know, one or two episodes here or there. Hey, as long as you keep working, you know, and some decent stuff. That's the cool part Heck about yeah. – Look, I know he doesn't pay as well as it used to, you know, television shows. But there's more opportunities than there ever was before because – all the streaming and the cable channels and stuff like that. So I think it's pretty cool that actors can still keep going. Yeah, but also it's just like, I mean, TV has a way different, you know, people look at TV in a totally different way now than they used to. Yeah, and you don't have to do a full season. You could do 10 episodes and that's your season right there instead of 24 and trying to uh, stretch it out. Well, something I was watching the other day, I was like, there's no way I could, oh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. How the fuck did they do 24 episodes a, a year? It seems like it's so know. hard to come up with that many jokes, stop? that many movies. Can you stop for a second? What? What's up? Oh. All right. So, uh, Al Santos is the one that I don't know outside of this. I don't think I've ever seen him. And he's the uh, Dawson, uh, Brendan Walsh uh, kind of parody. And, oh, no, I do know. He was in one of those Jeepers Creepers movies. Uh, I think it's the second one where they're on the uh. bus. But that's only a thing I, I think, can think mostly of. it seems like he was like a model or something. Yeah, he I, he has a very strange way of talking, and I didn't, I know he uh I think he's the worst character in this. <laughs> he does have some <laughs> redeeming values though, um because later when there's an episode where he finds out one of his fans is a young boy who's uh, come out of the closet, he's actually pretty compassionate to him. Yeah, his attitude at the beginning, uh, just because he was like, it's a boy, you know, and he was super, he was a huge dick about it at first, but then over the, over time, he uh, he does adjust at, and really comes to that kid's defense. Yeah, because there's an episode where Courtney, and she, she talks about it a bunch in the first half of the season, is where, you know, she's from like Iowa, and she came out here uh, to try to make it. Everybody thinks it's, it's just a lark for her. They think that she's just going to get right. that out of her system and come back. And her boyfriend comes to visit, and he's like just trying Ugh. to sell his business and whatever. And everything's bullshit. All these people are fake. And that kid's, you know, oh, my, you have a, a gay fan. That's so stupid or whatever. And, you know, she puts her foot down. But it's it's really uh, uh, Brad that knows his character. What the fuck did I just say his name was? Johnny. Johnny was uh, the one that really came to his defense, and that was necessary because he's the one who I think was the outlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess talk about Bonnie Somerville. Yeah, what do I know Bonnie Somerville from? I know the name. I, I don't know. The know. Face. She's in tons of stuff. I just don't know what. I mean, I'm looking at her credits right now, and it's like she's been in loads of things, but oh, a lot of... Hallmark movies, my God! For but, some reason, um, I thought she was in one of those like uh, Swiss Valley High TV shows, but maybe I'm thinking of the lady from. Did you really just say Swiss Valley High? What, what's the, what's the name of it? What's it called? Sweet Valley Sweet. High. Sweet Valley High. Um, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny for more than one reason because wow, close but so very far. Uh, and also, I just read today that they're doing a. a a TV show they're making Sweet Valley High into a TV show and it's like the people who did like I don't know fucking OC or something so it's gonna be racy okay anyway, so um, what's up with that they're, they're having like the new uh, they're rebooting all these uh, kids shows but like a yeah, more mature version of it it's they're, yeah it's all those stories that people know 
but they're making them way mature and not very much like the stories at all. Like Nancy Drew, they they started a Hardy Boys show. Come on, somebody uh, get the three investigators, damn it. <laughs> I know, right? I don't know. I think they're too the three investigators are too young to accomplish the dark twist that they want cuz like I mean River Rich Riverdale from Archie is just like what the fuck is this? It's like it's barely Archie. Wow. Anyway, um, I think what you may know her from is Kip, Kitchen Confidential, that short-lived show. Oh, right. Uh, was that Cooper? Bradley Cooper? I, yeah, I think that's what it is because it's the only thing that I know I watched all of. Um, I know she was in a show called In-Laws. She was in uh, the OC for five episodes, yeah. seven episodes of Friends. I mean nothing super substantial okay i guess it's uh, just one of those faces that's constantly around and somehow i see her um she was on 20 episodes of nypd blue but i don't really think we ever watched that no i watched like the seasons with um yep my brain's gone my brain is fucking gone uh, la law um uh the star wars movies why can't i think of his name yeah. oh yeah you mean uh jimmy smith's Jimmy Smith. I was gonna say because I, he's been yeah. I've been watching a lot of Jimmy Smith unintentionally lately. Wait, there's a Nash Bridges movie. What? I, I know there's a reunion. Oh my! Something going on. Oh, oh my God! After a year as a civilian, old Nash is back in SFPD's SIU to investigate a series of unrelated murders. That's coming out this year. <laughs> How old is Don Johnson? Come on, retire. Um. So this is so her character is not the one that I recognize because I've seen I've seen bits and pieces of 90210 but I've never seen uh, Melrose Place or anything like that. So some of these parodies are lost to me. So I oh, don't yeah. know Tiffany Tiffany Amber Thiessen's character. That's what it says here on Wikipedia. Is she supposed to be like her? I thought hmm. she reminds me of more of what's what's the character that was uh, she was in Jason versus Freddy. She was a short brunette. She was in a bunch of horror movies for a bit, but she's the one that was always on Dawson's Creek being the pain in the ass. I think she died in a car accident or something. Monica Kina? Yeah, she seemed more like that character in her attitude. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It says Jenny Garth as the person. Now, that seems more... I I, I can understand that one more. Jenny Garth always seems like she's a a middle America uh, farm girl kind of thing that came out to Hollywood. Yeah. And I think that there's definitely some similar people on like Melrose Place, like um, like what's her name, Courtney Thorne Smith, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Kind of nice girl, kind of thing. I don't. Know. Yeah, I've never seen that show. I wonder if it's any good. It's so hmm. funny though how how the character Courtney is so nice and kind and excited and everything and then the character she plays is such trash yeah but i I do notice that uh, about uh i don't know three or four episodes towards the end courtney starts to wise up and she starts ditching some of that fish out of water uh feeling where she's starting to get more savvy i'm not trying to make fun of her i'm just saying how wildly different her her she is to her character on the show yeah uh, Lindsay Sloan uh, plays Marcy slash Kim. Uh, the, obviously, this one's the most obvious. I didn't even have to guess was the Tory Spelling spoof. 
Uh, I love her character, even though she's clearly a neurotic mess who <laughs> gets yeah. in her own damn way. And she gets pushed around all the time by Hunter. And I just, I feel sorry for her character. I think she's supposed, her and Dave are supposed to be the heart of the show, I guess. But, like, mm. Dave starts off as kind of a dipshit. The first couple episodes, you really don't like him. Uh, and they, I think they're working overtime just to get him to be nice again. Uh, or nice or whatever for the audience to find him appealing enough to have a relationship a potential relationship with Marcy I think they probably just didn't really know what the direction was at first and they had to try to start tweaking people's characters and stuff you know yeah I mean he's like a lovable ding dong but yeah it's pretty clueless and aimless and well, they like apparently each other, he, but then they just dance around it forever. Yeah, it does. I'm going to warn you now, the show leaves on a cliffhanger that will annoy the crap out of you. But there's so much good story before that you're okay. It, it, you kind of assume that it's going to end up a certain way, you know, if yeah. it had like five more episodes. But it does leave it kind of a downer. Though I do find the fact that I love the cameos. Um, like they had the, the cast from uh, popular uh kicking their ass in volleyball they had uh jason Priestley as a sex addict um elizabeth berkeley in the final episode where she's just i don't give a shit about hunter just give me my money but i gotta be there on time you know the desperation mm -hmm. um Chris, Kristen davis thank you oh oh is that the one where he what's the one where he poops in the bathroom or something and won't flush and it's was that hers it's, um it's um the PA guy, the PA guy goes in there to use, Kevin goes in there to use his bathroom in his office, and then uh, William Ragsdale's character thinks that it's it was her. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> and then makes it super awkward because he kind of has a crush on her, and she likes him, and he asks her out, but then he can't deal with it because he's like, she pooped in my bathroom. Like, I don't know. <laughs> really it was nasty. like really awkward. I don't know. It was funny. Um, so um, Sarah Michelle Geller was in there. Yes. That, that, I, I got to tell you right now, lot. as a yoga person, I have tried so many times to do that walk. While in the, the, the arch, I cannot do it. I will blow my shoulder. I am guaranteeing you. I cannot. I can do the arch. I can't do the walk. I thought you were going to have a blowout like a poop blowout. <laughs> well, those move. that's a pretty uh, wicked move. I could poop my pants. <laughs> Did I say that on air? Oh, my God. Uh, Lindsay Whatever. Sloan. We all poop. Yeah, I think Lindsay Sloan's the one that's got the most, um, you know, work and exposure. Because you know, she was in movies because uh, I think what she broke out with um, Bring It On, right? It's I think first maybe. It, I would say Bring It On, yes, but also it's like the least... I mean, I don't know that she's ever really played a character like that again, you know? Yeah, but she's in she Horrible like Bosses. She was super popular. Yeah, she's been in tons of stuff. Um, she's not like a household name, but she's a very, you know, I think she has a recognizable face. Yeah. And she's well, done I mean, lots of stuff. I, I, when she got the plastic surgery, and, you know, you can do whatever you want with your face, but she doesn't look as unique as she did here. Uh, I thought she mm -hmm. looked perfectly fine. Uh, and then she took off the, I think, the tip of her nose or whatever, and then she just kind of makes her look a little more average. And it's hard to have something that stands mm -hmm. out. I don't mean your nose, I just mean, you know, a look that's unique and I was, I was kind of like oh dang 
I don't think I realized that. I don't know that I paid that much attention, but uh, that's too bad. You know, uh, the pressure that people get put under to, you know, look look like you, but but look like somebody else all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Be unique. Be unique, but be uh, an exact version of this other person. Like uh, how Monica Potter looks just like uh, Jennifer – or. She looks just like, um, uh, oh God, I just Julia forgot. Roberts, like a lower, Julia Roberts yeah. with, with long hair. Yeah, or or I always the one that always killed me was Brad Rowe. You're just a more affordable Brad Pitt. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, so so to finish up the cast, we have Cole Sutton, as like I said from uh, um, uh, Bowfinger and those uh, cop movies. Um, I, his character is hardly redeemable in any way whatsoever. He's so <laughs> awful. He is, and his whole thing about his wig, fucking, is ridiculous. Or the, okay, so he has a pet pet pig. That's about it. That's the only he actually cares about something other than himself. But he does one of the most devious fucking things. He runs over an old lady and then says, Shut up! We're gonna run away from this," and blames it on somebody else. What an asshole! <laughs> but not only. Not only does he pretend like he didn't do it, but then he pretends like he saved her. Yeah. And then oh, he's right. You the news. Being a hero. Yeah. Well, and then there's the one episode where he farts and he blames it on Hunter and becomes a war between the two. And just he's he is the the worst part of the show, but he's also so bad that it's a little amusing. You co- you're covering it again. I did. Sorry. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. He's. I don't know. He's just so vain and so lame. <laughs> uh kyle just, howard everybody's just, everybody's just trying so desperately to like stay relevant and they're all so desperately scared that at any minute they're gonna not be relevant anymore like like when his character quentin does that charity thing and you're just like uh, okay, like you just are so desperate to glom onto anything to get your name out there. Yeah. You know? Well, that's so, the way it is now. I, I can't imagine. That was 20 yeah. years ago. I can't imagine now where you have to constantly have a social media presence. Uh, Instagram, yeah. you know, of any, you know, whatever, and you, but you can't fuck it up. You can't say anything wrong or you'll screw up. And you're like, oh, right. God, I can't imagine. But, but you're still, you, I've seen so many people be vilified also for not saying things. Yeah. There's so no like, way to I feel win. like, not really. It's really, I, I don't even know how people, how do you even function? I don't know. Yeah, and none of it has um, to do with the craft. It has nothing to do no. with acting. Nope. It's terrible. Sure. Um, and one of the sticking points in the show is that Dave is a, apparently a better actor than uh, uh, Johnny. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. And and he just cannot, no matter what he do, does, get a break. He cannot get on the show. He's just constantly standing. He's he cannot pay his bills. He's you know bounces from couch to couch trying to find some way to keep going. Um, and like there's even that point where he in the final episode where he finally gets on the show, and because of a whole cast switcheroo thing, he has he he gets it, but then he's out because the guy shows up in time, and that that's one of the big bummers too. Well, so much of it's circumstantial, and then. And he keeps working so hard, but then the 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 selfishness of the other people screw him. Yeah, 
And then, he, and then there's the whole arc where he's uh, Hunter's assistant and then becomes her boyfriend. And then he's like, this is miserable bullshit. I'm breaking up with you. And then she makes his life hell because of it. Mm-hmm. How dare you break up with me? I'm the star. You're just an, you're just an extra. <laughs> uh, and the guy that you can't stand, Nate Faxon, uh, he's got a mush face. And uh, I think this is like the only kind of role that I've ever accepted him in is... Yeah, the smush face. I did end nebbish. up. I did end up liking him better uh, after watching this, but uh, most of the time, there's something about him that I want to punch him in yeah. the face. Well, a beer fest when he's like one of the angry German brothers. I, that's appropriate. I want to punch him in the face too. The reason why I want to punch him in the face is because of his part in um, Orange County. Yeah, which that, that reminds me is that's coming up probably in about a month. Or so, um, well. Dave and Kevin are in it. How yeah, about that? well, it's uh, Jake Kasdan is the director of that, and he directs, I think, four episodes of the show. They got oh, some okay. decent names. Uh, Andrew Fleming is the guy who, you know, whoever directs the pilot is the one who sets the look and the tone. Sure. And, and Andrew Fleming uh, had just come off of doing Dick, the movie Dick. Not mm. There's no way oh, for this to come God. out right. Either I'm saying he's doing Dick as in he's doing nothing, doing Dick he's yeah. doing porn, or doing Dick... The movie Dick about Richard Nixon. Lose, lose, lose statement. Yeah. So Jake Kasdan and then Peyton Reed, the director of Bring It On, were the three main guys on this. Allison Anders also directed a couple episodes. She's an independent. Uh, she had done, I think, uh, Gas Food and Lodging and a couple others. Um, mm, okay. But so they actually had some legitimate names coming in for this show. And I think it has to do with A, the material, but two, Darren Starr was established sure. at that time because Sex and the City, so you could call in favors. Hmm. But I think oh, she's do- she's doing a lot of TV now, but like quality TV. Yeah, well, it's, I think that's the way a lot of directors. If you can't, I think there's a frustration in getting a movie going, especially if it's something new. You know, it's not based on a, 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 a project that's already you know like oh, it's a remake or based on a comic or based on a book or something. And if you want an original concept, it's really hard to get going. But you want to keep your director, you know, flow going. You go to TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the cameo—well, not cameos, but like supporting roles that you know, not in every episode. But we had Michael Hitchcock, who I think most people know from what Best in Show, right? He's the one of the dog. He, oh, he was. Um, yeah, for sure. What the Parker Posey's husband or whatever. So, and he yes, plays uh-huh. the dad, but he's clearly in love with Johnny. <laughs> he's always finding oh ways to see Oh my God, <laughs> he's obsessed with him. It's so creepy. He's like, yeah, uh, I'm just um, here on set to, no, I'm not filming today. I'm just here for support. Uh, Jolie Fisher, uh, who I, I feel like she was meant to be a regular on the show. And they, for some reason, the studio maybe, maybe saw that she was superfluous um, or... It, in the notes, it said she left to go do a different show. Oh, okay. Because like she's in the first three or four, and the the nice part is it kind of works because there was a breaking point yeah. in the episode before that where she's really sick and tired of the studio battling, so it makes sense that she would quit the next week. And then uh, I think the other last the last role, or whatever, is Marin Dungie, who I feel like was at every TV show at this point. She's. She's been in every TV show ever made of all time. Ever. Yeah, I think she was literally on four shows in one year. She was in this. Um, she was a semi-regular on King of Queens, Alias, and Malcolm in the Middle. That's a lot of work. And that's just off the top of my head what I know of. 
Jesus, she has so, I mean, she just has so done everything. Lucifer, a voice on Bob's Burgers, American Horror Story. She's done it fucking all. Yeah. Uh, so that's the main cast of the show and the characters. I, I really think that the uh, Warner Brothers, or no, it's Columbia that produces. They sold it to WB. I just, I just wish it had a little more time. I don't think it's the kind of show that sh- that could have gone for like five seasons, but yeah. I, I think there was room to breathe for at least a couple more. And it seems like the kind of thing that would have worked perfectly on cable, like three uh, seasons of like ten episodes. That would have been perfect. Yeah, the you know the more um, common formatting for TV shows now on you know cable networks and stuff it's like between ten and tw- thirteen episodes would have probably suited this a lot better. Yeah, and and less restrictions with uh, rate uh, uh, um, not the MPA that's for movies uh, the radio whatever the review board is that says well, whether or not you can have this on network television or you'll get fined. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, get, let them loose a little bit. That would have been a lot of, uh, a lot more fun. Um, but I yeah. still say it's v- very worth it. If you just want to check it out, all the episodes are on YouTube for free and decent quality. Oh, yeah. It was super um, – it's actually one of probably the best thing I've ever tried to watch on YouTube. And for the first time, also, there was every single episode was there. And, um, and I just, like, binged them, like – it's just such a bingeable show. It's so good and funny and ridiculous. Um, and it's 20 minutes. So I, you know, in two, three days, I watched all the episodes. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely worth it. I mean, if we had more time in our lives and it wasn't as complicated, there's some shows from the 80s and 90s that went on for a very long time that I would love to discuss, but it's just, it can't, I, I don't see how. Um, like yeah. Family Ties or especially uh, uh, the, the Facts of Life. That really covers teenage years, especially since there's so few shows focused on girls. But the thing was mm-hmm. on for like nine years. And that 24 episodes a season, basically, that's impossible. It would, it, we, we'd be old people. We finally finished Back to Life. Is there still podcasting? <laughs> I guess if you, you know, wanted to focus on one thing and one thing only, we could... You could do it, but... Yeah, but yeah. Uh, that's the kind of thing. But it's easy to do shows like this that were one season or, or close to it. Like, My So-Called mm-hmm. Life will eventually come up on the show, I'm sure, because that was, what, barely a full season? That's easier to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But But thank you, everybody, for listening to this. Mindy, thank you very much. And, uh, You're welcome. Check us out on Facebook under Hit Rewind. Uh, same thing for Twitter and all of your podcast hosts. Like, share comment let us know how we're doing and if there's any suggestions for something we haven't done yet hit us up that's it good night